Uh, good morning, everyone. It is 1.15 p.m. Uh, today we are having a three-way draft battle. A three-way? First of its kind. Recurring uh, guest, Sakula, John Sakula, and I will be judging Josh, Mikhail, and Nate's picks of movie monsters. That was the greatest intro in the history of the show. I'm in only a slightly better state than you, if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, I know who's in the best state. Uh, Sakula, do you want to like name off all these monsters for those listening along at home? So Alden and I put together this list. All right, here we go. Uh, we got Audrey 2, Little Shop of Horrors. We got Lou Bloom from Nightcrawler. <laughs> Gremlins from Gremlins. Godzilla from Godzilla. Chucky from Child's Play. Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Brundlefly from The Fly, Megatron from Transformers, not sure that's a monster, but okay. Nosferatu from Nosferatu, The Thing from The Thing, The Rancor from The Return of the Jedi, The Dementors from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Babadook from The Babadook, uh, Bruce the Shark from Jaws, uh, The Xenomorphum Alien, Medusa from Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief, The Creature from The Creature from The Black Lagoon, The Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth, Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc., the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters, E.T. from E.T. the Extraterrestrial, HAL 9000 from 2001 A Space Odyssey, Clover from Cloverfield, Predator from Predator, Graboids from Tremors, King Kong from Kong Skull Island, specifically uh, Death Angels from A Quiet Place, The Blue Aliens from They Live, Christine from Christine, I'm not going to even try to pronounce that, The Chick from The Grudge, the, the one who comes to the TV, The Overlook Hotel from The Shining, an entire build, <laughs> Freddy Krueger from A Nightmare on Elm Street, Pinhead, from Hellraiser, Candyman, uh, Samara Morgan from The Ring, King Goobot the Fifth from Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, The Tire from Rubber, Cerberus from Hercules, The T-800 from Terminator, Dormammu from Doctor Strange, Frankenstein's Monster from Frankenstein, oh shit there's more, Mr. Hyde from Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Dr. Michael Morbius from Morbius, Mothman from the Mothman Prophecies, Alf from Alf, uh, Gonzo from Muppets from Space, Scully Pettibone from Scary Godmother Halloween Spectacular, Spooktacular. There it is, the aquatic aliens from the abyss. All right, cool. Slenderman from Slenderman, Oogie Boogie the night from The Nightmare Before Christmas, Clifford from The Big Red Dog, The Blob from The Blob, Demogorgon from Stranger Things, Mothra from Mothra, It from It Follows, Bob from Monsters vs. Aliens, The House from Monster House, uh, Ghoulies from the hit film Ghoulies, uh, Sloth from The Goonies, uh, and Starro from Suicide Squad. That, 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 that's the whole list. Correct. That is the whole list. That is 61 movie monsters. Should we, like, spin a wheel to see who goes first? Well, I was thinking since Mikhail uh, won this challenge, it only makes sense for him to go first. And then since you're the reigning champ, I was thinking you could go second. I'll just take up the rear. Okay, okay. What did Mikhail win? I don't know. Didn't we give him this position for something? I, I, I don't know. No, you both you both challenged me at the same time, and I made it a triple threat match. I'm the champion. You know what? I get the first pick. That's fair. Mikhail, you can go second, and I'll go last. All right, sweet. <laughs> See, Josh might be operating at 10%, but I wasn't able to pull that quick one over him, so... <laughs> I have one specific first-round pick, and if Josh picks it, I'm going to scream. Uh, I am the head of the table. I'm going to be holding up two belts after this, um, so I'll just go. 
Uh, yeah, you got three seconds. Hurry up. Thanks. Thanks, host Alden. I am taking the King of the Monsters Godzilla as my first pick. Okay. Solid. I, I just had to. It, to me, like, he is just the movie monster. And I, you got to take a kaiju first round. You need you need a big guy. Interesting first choice. Uh, nice. Mikhail, you want to go next? Similarly, I am going to have to pick a kaiju off the back. Like, right off the bat. And it might be a sleeper pick for some, but for me, this monster is very dear to my heart. A, a childhood favorite movie of mine. I'm going with Clover. Cloverfield. A very underrated kaiju. Both starting with kaijus. I definitely saw that going somewhere else, but I'm not upset at the pick. Cloverfield was one of those movies where I, I got really hot and cold with it. I was really into it when it first came out. Then I watched it again. And I was like, this fucking suck. And then I rewatched it last year when I did my uh, Kaiju Month series, and I fell in love with it all over again. Uh, I think I'm going to follow the trend here and also pick a kaiju first round. I'm going with the monkey man himself. I'm going with King Kong here, specifically from Kong Skull Island. I thought it was a really fresh way to, to reintroduce a beloved classic cinema character. Again, the biggest this this uh, this monster's ever been before in this film. And uh, as we saw in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, he's still growing. He's a growing boy. And uh, I think that this interpretation of King Kong is probably my favorite for the monster itself. So I think there's a lot of humanity in there. And I, uh, I want to go with a neutral, chaotic kind of monster pool for as long as I can. I know things will probably get crazy toward the end. But I, I like that he's kind of a force of... Uh, good, uh, at least on Skull Island. Also solid, so we got Josh uh, with the lizard boy and, and Nate's the monkey man. So second round, so I got the kaiju I wanted, and I just want somebody, I just want a fighter. I think I'm gonna go with the T-800. Good pick. The T-800 was Arnold, right? Yeah. I praised the first Terminator movie so much last season. Uh, this is probably a no-brainer pick for people listening. Yeah, just an unstoppable force, even in the sequels when he becomes uh, a friend or he's this awkward uh, glorified cameo in Terminator uh, Dark Fate. Um... He's great. He was also an awkward, glorified cameo in Terminator Salvation, which everybody seems... Well, he was the governor of California. <laughs> Weird that they made a killer robot out of the governor of California. Weird that it was almost OJ. <laughs> <laughs> Mikhail, what's your next monster? Perusing this list, because I can see a lot of places where there are a lot of monsters that I would want to pick, but I could get trapped in drafting a lot of monsters that no one else wants. There, there's a lot of silly places I can go here, but I gotta, I gotta keep up with Josh. I'm looking for a fighter, somebody who I think can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the T-800. It's the Predator. I knew it. I knew that's where you were going. Nice, nice. Another classic Arnold movie. The Predator? I, I think the Predator versus T-800 it's a fight that I've done in action figure form many times in my childhood. I think it would be a very interesting fight because I don't, I don't think either of these guys are going down easy. And I don't think either of them are really fully equipped to take the other one down. So I think this is going to be a fight. Do you think there should be a sequel that involves... Uh... Predator? That would be incredible. I mean, this is round two, and I think I'm just following the same kind of trend. I'm really happy that this says alien and not aliens. I'm going to go with the xenomorph here. I think uh, the alien uh, from the movie Alien is genuinely a little scarier than both the Predator and the T-800. Uh, granted, if it was just one alien versus either of those monsters, <laughs> granted, might not be that true of a fight, but <laughs> as we learn down the line in the Alien franchise, it's that kind of swarm mentality that makes them uh, so powerful and still can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any human trapped on a spaceship. So 
I, I think the xenomorph is genuinely scary. The fact that there's a lot more of a biomedical kind of fear with it too. Uh, the fact that it can like have the face huggers or like the chest poppers. Like there's there's a lot of crazy shit that can happen with this monster. So uh, yeah, it's it's a good good pick here in my opinion. These first two rows that we've just created are the most evenly matched. I would never expected it to go like this. Like, cause Clover, Godzilla, and King Kong, I could see that being an even matchup. Predator, T-800, and Xenomorph. Yeah, we got Kaiju versus like... I could see all of that being even. Like it's, it's very, very matched. Yeah, round three. I'm gonna go with the thing. I wanna get Mikhail and Nate's uh, teams to get paranoid. If one of them is betraying the other, it would cause a lot of paranoia during the battle. And, uh, yeah, like, a, not a kaiju or a fighter, but something something sneaky. Uh, a wild card pick, if you will. We'll all have imposter syndrome when Josh has the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kind of go for something similar to Josh, and I'm going to go with the Overlook Hotel here from The Shining. Now, I know what you're thinking. This isn't really a monster, per se, but what it is is it's like a, a portal to hell, literally, in which the souls of the damned uh, can communicate with the living. And uh, I think that there's a ton of uh, gaslighting that could be made from the Overlook Hotel onto other monsters moving forward and uh, genuinely create that same uh, similar sense of paranoia. Maybe not so much that your friends are out to get you like the thing, but maybe that your family could turn on you and that's just as scary. So yeah. This is the only building we have, I believe, that isn't actually sentient. Um, is this the battleground? Is this where it takes place? Like in the maze per se, or like just on the front lawn? Like is this, it, it, or is this more of like a, like a metaphorical, like, like just the power of this building? I, I feel like for, for this draft, we've done a lot where we just set up teams to have a giant fight or something. I don't think that's easily done here, considering the first three picks are Kaiju. Everybody gangster to the Overlook Hotel pulls up to fight Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, what parameters are you going to judge this off of then, Alden, if it's not just a fight to the death in a big open field? I think it is a fight to the death to some extent, but it's maybe I'm doing it by... All right, I've decided. It's a war, not a single battle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> World War Three, the monster mash. <laughs> yes. Round three now. To kind of leave Mikhail hanging, or four, to kind of leave Mikhail hanging and put him the little, I'm going to take the monster house. Ooh. I, I believe the monster house can move, yeah. Technically another kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> monster house versus Godzilla, my favorite movie. Yeah, kind of the same idea as the Overlook Hotel, though. If you get somebody trapped in there, you're going to see a lot of weird things, um, a lot of mind games. And I already got the thing. I got, I got a lot of mind games going as... Uh, JR would say. All right, Mikhail, what's next for you at round four? All right, speaking of mind games, the only place my mind is going to combat that, I'm going to have to go with something outside the box, outside the realms of reality. I got to go with Freddy Krueger. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Classic pick. Uh, now you're playing with power, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to go with something that, I mean, I know current state of events. We live in a very troubled, troubled world. Amber Heard? I'm doing a monster that's currently living among us all, and uh, that is the Blue Aliens from They Live. Alden? All right. Uh, I think in terms of a mindless uh, army and hive mind that is uh, actively ruining the world, they're already here. 
They live among us, and uh, I want them on my team. Why, why wouldn't I? We live in a society. I think you're getting most of the population of LA, which is over 10 million people. Uh, so that's... And a lot of them are homeless people. Like, oh, they're crazy already. Wild take, wild take. Uh, that's not a diss on homeless people. <laughs> I'm putting the glasses on, and I will fight either of you by a dumpster for 25 minutes uninterrupted to make you see the way that I see as well. Josh, put on these sunglasses or start eating that dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Solid. This is this is where it gets tough. Not to help you at all, but I think you need a team leader. And that's why I'm taking the rant court now. <laughs> Obviously, it's Alf. That is true. Fuck. Alf is a fucking vibe. <laughs> Since this is an ongoing war, you need war propaganda. So I'm taking Lou Bloom from Nightcrawler. <laughs> nice. I don't know if he would be a leader, but definitely a manipulator. Uh, a... Good liar. Um, he will be able to get a lot of employees uh, very underpaid uh, on the during this war. Uh, yes, I, I went. I went mind over physical attributes this time. Lou Bloom could probably turn some of the enemies to your side. Yes, or make it look like that's true. Yeah, and I just also love that movie. Great movie. Great movie monster. Very underrated. I am content with Lou Bloom. Good pick, Josh. I was I was debating it myself. <laughs> I literally had to look it up to make sure. I was like, is this the Nightcrawler? You just quit your news job. You're no longer Nightcrawler. <laughs> All right, Mikhail, what are you picking at number five? All right, now I got too nervous. I have to pick Alf now. Alf is also a master manipulator. He has managed to gaslight a, a large portion of the human race into thinking he is not an alien or you know, conning them out of things, tricking blind women into going on to dates with them. He's He's got to be that... I, I need a leader like Lou Bloom, and I think the only person that I see on this list that can counteract. Uh, the mastermind that is Lou Bloom would be Alf, Gordon Shumway. I'd love to see Alf go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Lou That'd Bloom. be a good movie. Fun fact, I wrote a spec script where Alf and Frasier from Frasier had a podcast together, and I got a C on it. Who dares give a C to an idea that good? It was so good. They had a podcast together. Frasier is the therapist, and then Alf, like, can't show his face. And so they live in, like, a bunker in New Mexico, and they had a <laughs> podcast together. And in the, the script, Alf met a woman online and made arrangements to meet her. And Frasier was like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, you're outing yourself like this. And then when the woman showed up, it was Roz from Frasier. Hell, yeah. I thought it was a fantastic idea. I would watch, like, a like a, a Hulu miniseries that is just six episodes of that. <laughs> Honestly, I'd prefer that to only murders in the building. Hey, 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 Josh likes that show. Be careful now. It's a good show. I'm just saying Alf and... Alf and Frasier together is better than that. Alden did say it's important to have a leader this time, and I, the more I'm thinking about it, this isn't really a movie monster that I have a lot of sentimentality for whatsoever, but when I think of physical force and also uh, uh, leadership, I'm gonna go with Megatron. Damn it! I mean, this dude took over like an entire planet and crashed the moon into Earth, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, <laughs> he tried to <laughs> multiple times. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got his his army of uh, what are they called, Decepticons? Like, yep. I, if that guy can command an army of evil robot aliens, I think he can command a couple of movie monsters. And uh, yeah, I I feel pretty confident in this at, at number five. Uh, maybe not as charismatic as Alf or even Lou Bloom, but but. 
but uh, it's still effective nonetheless in being the general to my army. Yeah, Megatron is a natural-born leader. He is, uh, that's his whole thing. Heck yeah. He's like Thanos, but not. All right, Alden, John, what, what are your guys' thoughts after the first five rounds? I mean, we're a fourth of the way through this bad boy already. I knew it was going to be like a mess or whatever, but... This is kind of wild. I think this is actually a pretty, uh, so far it's a pretty evenly matched battle. The only uh, wild card that I'm a little unsure about is the Overlook Hotel. That's that's pretty, um, I, I don't know how the Overlook Hotel is going to fight, you know, like, unless it's taking place there. I was just, like, picturing that. I mean, the way I think of it, you kind of all the ghosts and the, the, the apparitions that are there. I mean, that's that's what you're getting. You're getting that sense of paranoia and fear of things that aren't there and, you know, damaging the psyche of the people that are in there. So uh, fucking Alf is like, he's like commanding his army. And then uh, and then you like he sees like a, a dog giving a blowjob to a guy and he's like a guy in a dog suit. Yeah. Imagine Alf's reaction, though. He'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, sl- he slams the door quick and he covers his eyes all right yeah no it's it's um it's looking pretty matched so far i think also the stay puffed marshmallow man you know he's he's big he's mean but he is marshmallows so i'm not sure how much actual like fighting power he has other than his his sheer size i feel like he's definitely the tank he just kind of waltzes in he doesn't do much damage or whatever but he also doesn't take any first thing he does is destroy a building yeah Lou Bloom's just gonna make another Cloverfield, but with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> a Cloverfield movie where it's like Lou Bloom filming everything? That'd be Kino. We're just throwing out good ideas. If anybody, if, if anybody listening is a movie producer, we're giving them free ideas. That's this whole podcast. You you can't use Alf and Frazier, though. Yeah, Alf and Frazier is copyrighted. I mailed it to myself. That would be so expensive to shoot just because Kelsey Grammer doesn't show up for less than $12 million anymore. We'll do a Grand Moff Tarkin on him. <laughs> well, how much would that cost? It'd be cheaper than getting Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> All right, round six, Josh. I'm kind of targeting towards Nate's team in this war with this pick because he's got alien with a spaceship. He's got buildings. So I need somebody that could infiltrate all that, maybe through technology, taking, taking Hal. All right, all right. I'd say one of the greatest uh, villains just in cinema in general. Like in the story of 2001, the space odyssey is like the one-eyed uh, creature in the actual odyssey. I feel like that's uh, kind of the, the whole one red eye thing. There's a lot of parallels there. He'll be able to infiltrate a lot of things for my team. I can't wait till Elon Musk uploads his consciousness to a robot that looks ominously like the HAL 9000 and we just roll with it. I can't wait for Elon Musk to become HAL 9000. We're all gonna be HAL 9000 after we get our brain chips. I can't afford it. Yeah, that's for the rich. No, it'll be free. Yeah, I'm still not doing it. No, it'll be free. No, you, you won't have a choice, Nate. You don't understand. Nate is a Blade Runner. <laughs> I will keep my flash drive joy. Thank you very much. I'm not putting it in my brain. Literally, it'll be like uh, during COVID when you had to um, you had to get the vaccine to go to work. No, I didn't get any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not on my fourth dose. <laughs> Wild and crazy. New York state of mind. <laughs> you will get the chip. You will. All right. Anyway, Mikhail, what what are you chipping? I mean, picking here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of buildings, a lot of technology. We got Megatron and Hal that I'm going to have to counteract here. I need something chaotic. With Gordon Shumway, Alf at their helm. 
to counteract things like Megatron, the Overlook Hotel, how? Uh, like all these robots and, and things, these other chaotic monsters. I'm going with the gremlins. <laughs> pound for pound, like the most powerful monsters. They were my next pick. They, like in these movies, these gremlins wreak fucking havoc. And, and, and it's not really bound to any type of logic. They kind of are just born into having, I guess, like cartoon logic. So I feel like they could really fuck shit up. And the fact that they reproduce just by being put into water, you have nearly a disposable army of little g gremlins at your fingertips. As soon as it rains, you have total global domination. When it rains, it pours. Gremlins. <laughs> I have a really out-of-pocket question. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm between a couple. Do you think that Godzilla, if gremlins were attacking him and he pissed, would they multiply or die? They would for sure multiply. And they'd turn into, like, gremlin Godzilla. It's like a donkey's kids and Shrek. If Godzilla jerked off on a town and it flooded the town, would people get pregnant? Would they give birth to Godzilla babies? Like, would, they, would it be like the donkey dragons? I hope not, no. I, I would like to think that um, the chemical makeup of uh, Godzilla's um, bio biomedical uh, waste is not the same as that of a human's. Uh, piss would probably... Neither are do dragons and donkeys. Well... I would also like to just not think about that. I would love it if you never, I would love it if you never said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go out of pocket here, very far out of pocket, but I'm looking at this list and there's a lot of characters that are kind of similar. You've got Nosferatu, you've got Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I'm going with Dr. Michael Morbius here. Yes, I knew it! <laughs> Morbius sweep, Morbius sweep. There's a lot of characters uh, on this list that I think have elements of Dr. Michael Morbius, but they are not holistically Dr. Michael Morbius. And therefore, it is time for my monsters to morb. And it's it's morbin' time. We got the morb juice on deck. Um, I mean, the Brundlefly is just a weaker version of... Dr. Michael Morbius. So, like, uh, this this negates about five other options, in my opinion. I hate to do it to my boy Jared Leto, but you're on my monster list. We've talked about Morbius so much. We <laughs> this is the Morbin podcast. Morbius sweep. <laughs> Morbius made $92.8 billion opening weekend, Josh. It's important to talk about. <laughs> Woke up this Morbin. My Morbin life. Memorial Day is now Morbius Day. It's Memorial Day. Memorial Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, round seven. What are you picking, Josh? I'm going to go with uh, Godzilla's bestie, Mothra. Nice. I really, I really wanted, really wanted to get Mothra. I... I didn't realize uh, Mothra was in the pool until a round ago, so I'm glad I caught it. Mothra is my favorite kaiju. Hate to see it go. All right, I'm going. I, I was thinking Clifford. I'm no. I'm going with the graboids. Yeah. Oh, from Tremors. Hell yeah. You'll never see it coming. It's severely underrated movie monsters. Ha like criminally underrated. Yes. And Tremors really never got its day in court as a franchise. I feel like they're they're always struggling to like pick up the scraps and make it into something that people enjoy. But I just think it's too interesting of a concept to go the way it did. We got. We need another Tremors movie. Aren't there six? Either way, uh, we do need another Tremors movie. I would love like a really, like a really, really good one made by like a, a competent director. I the first one is the only good one, and then the rest of them are just absolute chaos. But 
I want another Tremors, please. Alrighty then. I'm going to go with Clifford, the big red dog here. I need some of that... Uh, <laughs> That kaiju energy, Josh going with Mothra kind of really made me realize that I, I need more muscle. And when I'm looking at what these other uh, what these other kaijus are, what these other giant monsters are, I mean, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is standing out to me as a very formidable foe, but also uh, he's got a weakness. He got stopped by four idiot uh, pest control guys that started busting ghosts. So I think a giant dog, they love snacks that fall from the table. I've seen a couple dogs devour some marshmallows marshmallows. I think Clifford's just a solid counter pick here. And also, if you know how to train a golden retriever, you can train Clifford the big red dog. And I think we'll find that leadership on my list. So Clifford is a very formidable kaiju and fits right in with uh, Dr. Morbius and uh, the blue aliens from They Live on my team. I would love to see Clifford eat, eat the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And then like, I would love like a 40 minute sequence of him vomiting up Stay puffed the marshmallow afterwards. <laughs> Clifford's explosive diarrhea. That's his weapon. It could, it could even be like Old Man Logan when he gets eaten by the Hulk and then like reforms. Very out-of-pocket comment, but Mikhail, do you remember when we saw Ghostbusters Afterlife and Paul Paul Rudd in that Walmart scene where he sees the ice cream and goes like, yeah. Him going, yeah, under his breath was the f single funniest part of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like, I don't remember laughing at anything else. That was the only scene that gave me genuine like laughter. <laughs> it wasn't even that funny. I just, I, I needed something. Like, at that point, like, oh my god, please. Somebody sedate me. <laughs> <laughs> um, next round, I think I'm gonna go with the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. How relevant. Yeah, I believe it's the only monster on the list that's not from a movie. Well, Alf. Eventually, there'll probably be a Stranger Things movie. Unfortunately. Well, they just dropped like four hour and a half long episodes. The lore of Stranger Things. So it's one creature that's causing all this havoc? No, so there's more than one Demogorgon. Demogorgons are sort of a creature from the Upside Down. Okay. They're, they're, the Upside Down has lots of creatures. Like in the newer, newer season, there's like a, a wizard character. There's a bunch of bats and shit. Like, oh, so I pick a character that's undefeated right now. I mean, it has been defeated once, but by uh, by basically Professor X, but in a little girl. <laughs> it's it, We have seen it defeated, but there's more than one of them. And also, uh, its blood and stuff can be mixed with other creatures, uh, kind of like an alien, uh, like a like a xenomorph, and create other creatures. Like they in the, in season two, they have demodogs. So it's like a demogorgon mixed with a dog. It's got the demogorgon face, but it runs fast and it's not as strong. So what you're saying is, for this war, I kind of have my little army going now. At least I have some goons running around helping others. Demogorgon blood getting in the in in the mouths of some other creatures. You now all of a sudden have other creatures. Um, so demo. Demogorgon is more than just Demogorgon. It is, it is a it is a portal to the upside down. You've 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 opened the gates, so to speak. <laughs> All right. Counteract this. I need something that can overtake the battlefield. Is similarly also an undefeated monster. Uh, one dear to my heart. I've been involved in productions of this show very many times. Audrey Two, Little Shop of Horrors. Beautiful. One of my favorite movie monsters. Imagine. I'm just picturing Godzilla carrying Audrey Two. And just like like walking around and Audrey's too snapping at people. Godzilla had a hard enough time with Biollante, and I believe Biollante is about the same size as uh, 
RG2, and they're like exactly the same. So, so th that could be a fair fight on its own. I'm gonna go with the blob here. Yeah. Damn. <sighs> this never ending and expanding uh, alien mass is uh, honestly a really underrated movie monster and it knows no limits. It's very, very hard creature to destroy. And even when it's destroyed, it's never really ever gone. Uh, it would be a matter of trying to contain the blob while also fighting the rest of my army for an entire war. And that, to me, sounds very useful. So, yeah, I've got a, uh, a constant offensive push at all times from the blob. And voiced by Seth Rogen, it'll add some levity to the fight. No, no, no. That's that's Bob. Bob, who recently appeared in the Chip and Dale movie? My next pick is Bob to counteract the blob. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Bob, who recently appeared in the Chip and Dale movie? What, what do you got to counteract Bob and Blob, Mikhail? Uh, Dormammu. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Dormammu, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Is it? I'm, I'm keeping with the celestial theme. Some Something otherworldly here. Yeah, Alf the Celestial. The only the only reason why I didn't draft Dormammu because he seems very impatient. Yes. That could become a factor in a war that is, a war could be years. Do you think this is going to take years? Most wars do. This one, though? Yeah, but what if King Kong goes goblin mode? What then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're forgetting the fact I have Dr. Michael Morbius. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think it's time for things to get a little otherworldly for me as well. And uh, I'm going to go with an underrated pick here. I'm going with Pinhead from Hellraiser. Um, you want to talk uh, celestial fear, uh, portals to hell opening up, some really weird kinky S&M shit. It's all there. Or this guy's a man that got possessed from a satanic alien from another dimension. So this shit's going to be fucking nuts. And I'm assuming he's got the other centibytes with him to some capacity. We've got chains. We've got uh, meat hooks. This is gonna be this is gonna be a bloodbath, and uh, I'm happy to have him there. It's gonna be kinky as fuck. I feel like I already know who Josh is gonna pick. Nate keeps taking my picks, but my next pick is actually gonna be the Death Angels, which I didn't even know they were called the Death Angels in a Quiet Place. Yeah, that was a weird one to find because some places call them that, some places don't. I just went with it. They have a very prominent weakness, and that's why I think they were—they are now like drafted so low. But they are also able to take over the world, so I—they gotta be useful. Them teaming up with the demigorgons, because I feel like their weaknesses are different from theirs. So I kind of got two different things going on here. They should be able to even each other out when it comes to uh, causing just some chaos throughout this war. I could also say that the two. Monsters, I feel like that could counteract them. Godzilla and Mothra, since they communicate at different frequencies, they're on your team. Which they now they could communicate with the Death Angels. Possibly, yeah. I feel like Godzilla already is my leader, I guess. Man, Mothra can also uh, telepathically communicate with humans without having to speak. Yeah. Mothra and Morbius about to have a rap battle telepathically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, what is the last one in your top 10 here, Mikhail? I can't believe that we made it this long without drafting this person, but I, I think a perfect companion to uh, the celestial terror of Dormammu is Pennywise. And I thought that's who Josh was going with next. Solid option. He, he kind of warps the reality of life. You're getting Pennywise for free. <laughs> yeah, why, why Pennywise uh, specifically? A, a lot of good 
combatants, I'd say on my team. There's a lot of different things you're going to have to counteract. And I just feel like overloading this, uh, like I'm looking for something celestial, something hard to counteract. There's not a lot of other magic or uh, I, I don't, I don't want to call Pennywise magic. I, I, don't, I don't know what you'd call what he is. He's just this other dimensional terror. Lovecraftian. Old as the universe itself. Yes, Lovecraftian. Impossible to describe as H.P. Lovecraft intended. Yeah, him and his cat. <laughs> I've got a couple of different ways I could go here, uh, but I think I am going to secure the top 10 with just uh, another another addition to the army. I'm going to go with the Dementors here from Harry Potter. Uh, we mentioned the lack of magic on this, uh, on this panel, and these little... Uh, trapped souls able to suck the life out of foes just sounds extremely useful. There's a ton of them. Well, here's the thing. They will only go after somebody if they're ordered to, and it has to be a wizard, I believe. That's fine. I've got wizards. I got Dr. Michael Morbius. <laughs> Josh, are you saying that they have to go after a wizard or a wizard has no. to tell them what to do? Well, a wizard, they, they either have to be ordered to go after a wizard or the wizard is doing magic outside of uh, the wizarding world, I believe. What about Dudley, bro? Dudley got his soul yucked. Because Harry got uh, framed because they got framed because they were ordered to do that which I guess you could order them to suck anyone's life. The lore on Dementors is very confusing, and I literally just watched these movies. They're very underwritten. You can order them to suck anyone. They're just there to be scary and disposable, and I like them. <laughs> Me too. All right, Alden and uh, John, what are your guys' thoughts here about the top 10? We're halfway through this fight, and uh, yeah. Uh, as we go on, we are getting less and less sinister and dangerous. I, I really do want to see the blob and Bob um, match up. I want to see those two fight it out because I feel like they would just run into each other and turn into a homogenous goo, and then one of them would end up being the the being. You know, the other one would cease to exist, which I think would be really interesting to see. Let's finish this where we started together. The Dormammu from Doctor Strange. He's powerful, dangerous, but very impatient. My man has no patience whatsoever. He is, uh, he's a little baby boy. He's gonna piss his pants. Uh, yeah, he's gonna piss his little baby pants. I really don't have faith that he's going to be able to pull his weight in this fight. But, uh, overall, we're still... I feel like the, the matching is becoming a little bit uneven. Um, I, I won't say in what direction it's sort of leaning, just for, for suspense's sake. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really an uneven balance right now. I feel like in some way, every... Every monster picked has a counterpart on another team. It's a triple threat, as uh, some would say. Like, there's enough where I feel like I can kind of see where one of them might come out on top right now. But we haven't gotten through the rest of them. There's some really hard hitters that haven't been picked yet, so. Josh, number 11, because we like to go one step further. My number 11. <laughs> I just got that. Come on, there's some obvious choices. Somebody's got to pick Scully Pettibone. That's what I'm saying. Please. I'm gonna go with... Feel like I need another muscle. Thrancor. Fuck it. I'm gonna be that guy. Oh, when you said another muscle, I thought you were gonna go E.T. Is it already locked in? No. Okay, okay. My favorite fucking ride of all time. Great ride. I like that it smells like a swimming pool that hasn't been cleaned in 20 years. Yep. Oh, I'm gonna go with Starro. Ah, fuck! 
Fuck, that was my next one. Bingo. There you go. See, there was like three that I was looking at that I was like, these are obvious choices. So initially I thought of the Rancor because of the Book of Boba Fett finale, but I went with Starro because a little bit bigger of a kaiju. He's got one glaring weakness, which we saw in the Suicide Squad, but if we keep Starro like at a base and just let his little Starros like cling on to Mikhail and Nate's teams and control them while like it's it's you also have a muscle just in case things go south but you also have mind games in Starro because he could control your opponents sometimes and all the people that don't get hit by this the little mini Starros are gonna get manipulated by Luke Bloom this is a character that controlled Superman true Starro is a great choice damn there are there are very few kaiju left I don't know if I'm seeing any the Rancor is a kaiju now. I, I am very disappointed that Robo Snail from Red, uh, Rugrats in Paris is not on this list. Man, I folded. <laughs> All right, no, I'm going with the Rancor. I need I need to take it before somebody else does. Solid. Wild. Just it speaks for itself, and I I feel like if there was any underdog I could count on to counteract Starro, I, I could see the Rancor going toe to toe, especially with the last episode of the Book of Boba Fett. We did see a straight up kaiju fight with the Rancor. Who would you uh? Who would be your Rancor keeper on your team? Uh, Danny Trejo. Like it wasn't in <laughs> in in Book Book of Boba Fett. Not not the character from Book of Boba Fett, but the actual the actor Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo himself as Machete from the Spy Kids version. Of oh, not the SpongeBob version of Machete. SpongeBob had Machete. There's a SpongeBob version. Yeah. The third SpongeBob movie has Machete. It's the worst SpongeBob movie. Alden doesn't remember his first viewing. No, I don't. I didn't rewatch it. I just don't remember it at all. <laughs> How could you forget SpongeBob singing "Live in La Vida Loca"? Huh? <laughs> it literally. It does happen. What? <laughs> what irritated me was that they literally picked like a really recognizable song from a different animated movie. Oh yeah, yeah that shit was wild to watch with uh, Josh and partially Alden. <laughs> Alden. <laughs> at like 2.30 a.m. <laughs> I'm going to go with King Goobot the Fifth from Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Uh, Josh did point out uh, that like the Death Angels are kind of like a little on like the weaker side as they have like a definitive weakness. And like the fact that King Goobot and his army were stopped by, uh, you know, some children from Earth is a little disappointing. But again, sheer numbers. You got you got a bulk alien army here. And sometimes... As Avengers has proven us, you don't necessarily need a good army. You just need you just need something there. And I've got more monsters that I want to pick later, but I kind of want to see uh, what the bottom of this list looks like from people, and I can at least justify this selection here. And it's Patrick Stewart. That's Patrick Stewart? I've got Picard. Yeah. Wait, is this the king or is it this... This isn't Poultra, right? This is the no, not the big, not the big chicken. This is the the goo guy in the in the in the golden egg. Yeah. Okay. Next round, I'm gonna take Medusa from Percy Jackson, played by played by Uma Thurman. Let's go. Solid pick. I I feel like I personally I'm getting into that part of the draft where I'm just getting people that have cool abilities, and I mean it's Medusa. It's a Medusa's powerful though. Yeah, she is. Turning people in the stone and shit. That's a it's a great it's a great asset to have. Get stoned. That is hard to counteract. Yeah, we don't have our phones don't have the mirror reflective back like the iPod touch he uses to like reflect her light back at her. Which is against lore of 
Percy Jackson, but I'll leave it. And the new the new iPhones are matte, so they can't just use their phones. He defeated Medusa so specifically in that part of our culture. <laughs> it had to be in that era. He had an iPod Touch in his pocket that year. Well, yeah, they go to that they go to that casino, and Lady Gaga's poker face is playing, which is just a perfect time stone. <laughs> the movie's secret Kino. Hold on, can I, I'm sorry, I gotta go off topic really quick. Did you guys know that there's a third Night at the Museum movie? Yes. yes. Yeah, just dropped recently, I think, right? No, it's been, it's been like eight years. Robin Williams was still alive and kicking when that movie came out. Well, actually, he died right before it came out. Yes, he died like three months before it came out. <laughs> Terrible. He didn't even get to see himself as uh, that one president. Theodore Roosevelt? Yeah, you saw him play my favorite president twice. <laughs> I gotta go with Cerberus. I think I, that is the last kaiju-type thing I'm, that's sticking out to me here. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, goofy and kind of, like, out-there picks uh, that I really like, and I want to get one of the better ones, so I'm going to go with uh, Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Don't think he's really that formidable of a, of a foe, but, hey, at the end of the day... You can't win a war without morale. And if you get back to the camp and, you know, Clifford the Big Red Dog's got a broken knee and, and Megatron is like half busted in, Dr. Michael Morbius is crying in the club, like you're going to need someone to lift the spirits. And if we've got Mike Wazowski there, people will be laughing. I, I like your pick. I got to be honest. There's some fucking powerful picks that have not been picked. I think morale is more important than uh, raw strength. To counter that, I'm going to take E.T. Nobody knows morale like E.T. Nobody knows friendship like E.T. Nobody made me cry when I was five years old like E.T. Nobody scared the shit out of me a half hour before I cried like E.T. did. <laughs> uh, kind of the same thing Nate said, just uh, morale. He's uh, Him and Godzilla are going to uh, touch fingers. Mm-hmm. And you've got a healer. Hold on, you've got a healer also. Oh yeah, I could heal. Yeah, you got a healer on your team. You've got like a mercy. You have two. You have Mothra as well. Make this even worse for Nate. E.T. could go back to his home planet, which we saw in the greatest uh, theme park ride ever created, and bring his bring his family down. Oh shit, Botanicus is here? Botanicus is in the war. He just got drafted to the war. <laughs> <laughs> Botanicus is 856 years old and still not old enough to evade the draft? <laughs> E.T. the ride is secret Kino. That is the canonical sequel to E.T., I believe. Yeah. All right, so I, I do feel pretty confident in Alf's ability to keep the morale of my team pretty high. So I, I kind of want to play into more of a psychological element here. And I'm looking at the master gaslighter himself, the candy man. So I'm going to have to go with him. That was my next one. Yeah, he was he was getting close to my pick. I was looking at him I'm like, why is nobody picked candy? Man? I had so many mind game characters already. So it, it was tough to draft him. We got Freddy and the candy man on the same and Pennywise on the same. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Kale's going for the horrors. He's going for the, the scares. Candyman is, like, really the only monster, I feel like, that still, like, kind of creeps me out. Like, that's... Ugh. He's just fucking gross. Pride Month is right around the corner. 
I'm going with the Babadook. <laughs> Are we in Pride Month when this comes out? Yes, Pride Month is uh, among us as of this episode being released. Alden, do you have your Pride flag profile pictures ready? What? No. And you're, are you ready for your replacements July 1st? Yeah, you be you better be ready to take that shit down immediately. Oh yeah, no, I've, I've got that covered. Coca-Cola this shit. After June 31st, that shit never happened. I, well, I think the Babadook here, I don't think he's as much of the master gaslighter like uh, Candyman, but pretty damn close and psychologically torments a, fo- a family of too so uh bringing that to the battlefield my man's killed a dog maybe or he motivated a mother or a child to kill a dog close enough i think that this adds in just fine with the overlook hotel i I think that there's a a lot of psychological warfare going on with my uh my my team here and uh also fashion babadook's dripped and honestly we we could we could all have top hats and, and long coats and i think that would be a nice aesthetic there's only one pick josh don't mess it up yeah is there yep yep okay uh gonzo from muppets in space you messed it up god damn it that was, that was a good pick one of the most powerful beings on this list gonzo has several different origins but like this is specifically the one from muppets from space yes yes a king. Because he's also an anteater in Muppet Babies. True, he is. Motherfucker does not look like an anteater. <laughs> not at all. He looks less like an anteater than Arthur does an aardvark. What's the what's the justification here for Gonzo, or does he not need one? I don't think he needs one. He doesn't need one. I mean, look at the poster for Muppets in Space. It's literally Christ, like, beaming up to heaven. All right, we're looking it up. Here we go. <laughs> It's a great poster. He literally has his arms out and everything. This is my Man of Steel. (laughs) (laughs) Right, with Pride Month being around the corner, there is another LGBT icon I'm seeing on this list. And I'm going with the Mothman. Oh my god, there's another one. How are you guys just ignoring him? Yeah, no, honestly, Alden, I'm kind of pissed. Okay, cool. Why Mothman? Specifically from the Mothman prophecies. The Mothman prophecies, um, I, I have seen the Mothman prophecies, and I'm, I'm going to try to stick to the logic that movie goes off of, because there are some Mothman things that aren't addressed in that movie. Again, the psychological element, like the Mothman kind of, you know, warning you about what's to come in the battle. You're about to encounter Alf and the Gremlins. And it's, it's not going to go well. And the Mothman is there to curse you. Yeah, he's like your team's Doctor Strange almost. Like, yeah. Yes. And we have him working alongside Dormammu. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Mostly because Alden's begging for it. And I want to appease my uh, my judges here. Mr. Scully Pettibone from Scary Godmother. <laughs> <laughs> Literally walks out of the closet. Old Alden and I are seething. Mr. Scully Pettibone is a fantastic ca- character. Um, he's, he's like indestructible. His bones break apart and then he just reassembles. And I think that that makes him a little scarier. But again, him being the, uh, the MC for Mike Wazowski's like, uh, USO show is going to be awesome. I think the morale on my team is going to be really high. There's a gigantic golden retriever that's red that can, uh, really make things, uh, quite wonderful for the, uh, the, the grunts of my, uh, gigantic monster army. Nice. Josh, it's the Burger King foot lettuce pick. Who you got? (laughs) Number 15. I am literally picking a character who ends up looking like foot lettuce by the end of the movie. I'm taking the fly. Yeah. Still not the one that I'm looking for, but all right. He's just a scary, he's a scary little fly. Um, I try to stay away from Jeff Goldblum content ever since Grace ruined Jurassic Park for me. What? Wait, 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 how did she ruin Jurassic Park? Hold on, explain. We were watching Jurassic Park, and Jeff Goldblum's character came on, and after, like, 20 minutes of screen time, 
Grace like turned to me and and went, Josh, this is literally you. Oh boy. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> She's like, this is you when you have any opinion ever. And I'm like, I, I hate this. <laughs> you just feel like a, a sense of like internal embarrassment when you look at him then. Yes, the fly is great. A character with cool attributes that I wanna wanna draft towards the end of this pool. Still not what I'm looking for, but okay. All right, Mikhail, are you gonna find what John is looking for? My number fifteen pick is Robert the Tire from the movie Rubber. <laughs> Hell yeah! But yes, Robert the Tire that has the power to blow people up. Literally like an unstoppable force. Like an object will stay in motion unless that object's name is Robert the Rubber Tire from Rubber. <laughs> I think at my number 15, Burger King Foot Lettuce pick, I'm gonna go with the Aquatic Aliens from The Abyss. Nice. Um, I think in terms of genuinely terrifying uh, monsters left here, this one freaks me out the most because it's quite likely a possibility that there are uh, subaquatic alien species living at the ocean floor and it Part that gives me a little bit of hope is that James Cameron will be the first to find them since he spends more time in a submarine than just about anybody else on this planet. Close. I, I think that they're a great formidable foe. I think a lot of Josh's uh, monsters, including Godzilla, tend to come from the sea or at least lay dormant in the sea. And for me to have my own dormant sea species, I might be able to snuff something out a little bit early. I think that this is a, this is a good pick for now. John, Alden, what are your guys' thoughts? There are only five spots left for each of us as we are at the top 15. Yeah, I think these last picks are going to be kind of difficult for y'all. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm looking at two in particular. Yeah, I see two also. Yeah, that haven't been picked and should have been already. And the fact that they're just hanging in the balance now, the our contestants are... Uh, they're putting themselves at risk because some of these are, are hard hitters that are just being ignored. Um, I'm seeing a couple. The, the, the matching is, is fairly even. Do, like I said before, I do think that there's somebody right now that is, uh, is, is getting the hard hitters, uh, picking the right ones. You know, it's anybody's game still. I think that there's some, there's some elements here. And we'll get into it when somebody picks the one I'm thinking of, the specific one I'm thinking of that is going to shift the tide. I just read the creature from the creature from the Black Lagoon and Ocean Man's just been playing in my head for the last two minutes, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, here you go at number 16. Bruce the Shark from Jaws. God damn it, Josh. Interesting pick. Um, that was going to be my pick. In a war, uh, the seas are a big thing. You don't you don't want you want to make sure you're well protected and the shark is just gonna come in and clopper any kind. I got both him and Godzilla swimming around together. That is a dynamic duo. See, like typically I might agree, but you're going up against a species who can just control water. Yeah, but shark has big teeth, Alden. He goes munch munch. Okay, alright, in your defense. Sharknado can also happen, so... <laughs> Sharknado could also happen. This is a round 20 pick, Josh. I'm sorry. This was a weak one. <laughs> He's just a shark. This is like picking, uh, this is like picking Mysterio at number four, Josh. Uh, this is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Mikhail, what do you, what do you got? What are you, are you still after John's heart? I, I, I need some underwater shooters, so I, I am gonna have to go with the Gilman, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Let's go. Ocean Man. Take him by the hand. All right, solid. 
classic choice. Is this just the water round? I think of those classic universal monsters, he might have my favorite design. He's my favorite of the classic universal monsters. Probably one of my least favorite of those movies, but he's kind of the coolest. He's a fish. And he go- he's the only one that gets an arc over his series. Well, and he also is kind of like the only one that feels like entirely original, like because a lot of Dracula is just kind of lifted from like Nosferatu and, and like other like like books and stuff like that. But like the creature from the Black Lagoon was created for that movie. Uh, there was like a little bit of a folklore influence, but it's not like ripped from a book or something. And I think it, it elevates over um, the, those yeah cool monster one of my all-time favorites i'd love like a poster or something of the creature of a uh, gilman me too actually my pick here this one might sound a little strange and i doubt it's the one that sakula has been eyeing for multiple rounds but mikhail's last pick of rubber kind of had me th- like thinking i mean i have the blob which is kind of like an unstoppable force but uh i want that with stds and i'm gonna go with it from it follows thank you this is a monster that simply cannot be stopped they try every trick in the book and even then after they blow it up in a bathtub or a pool with a toaster it still follows them at the end of the movie this thing does not go away and uh i think there's a lot of psychological torment there but also next could be snapped this thing seems incredibly strong i've got two i was looking at this is one of the two i think that all you gotta do is fuck godzilla (laughs) <laughs> this sounds like the sh- this sounds like the Ant-Man crawling up Thanos's ass theory of how Endgame is going to get resolved. <laughs> All you got to do is get Michael Morbius to climb up Godzilla's thick ass thighs. You think it Godzilla's going to outrun the monster from it follows? No. This is one of the ones I was looking at. I'm looking at one more. That's that's my big other pick. All you got to do is fuck Godzilla. That's it. Just f- This has been Duel of the Takes After Hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have set and flipped my trap card, and it from It Follows has been revealed. <laughs> <laughs> On to you guys at number 17. Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, Mitch McConnell. Nice pick. I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth, but he looks scary. That's his whole thing is he eats children. Oh, God. I mean, a very great pick and a very scary real-life foe. (laughs) (laughs) Topical. I am going to go with Pyramid. Nice. Nice. All right. All right. All right. Solid. He's he's another fighter. He's got that psychological edge. He's fucking scary. Sneak up on you. He's also jacked. Yeah. I I need a buff dude. On my team. Solid. Spooky pick. So there's two that I'm looking at here um, that I'm between for my number 17. Uh, One of them is something I'm familiar with. Uh, The other one, I have not seen the adaptation of the Slender Man movie. I'm very familiar with the internet myth, but I'm assuming that movie is dog water and probably doesn't even portray the monster that it's uh, supposed to be uh, focused on very well. Um, I also think that movie, like, uh, the fact that they like tried to partially lean on the real life story of the girls who apparently stabbed their best friend like 14 times because Slenderman told them to. They do? Yep, that happened. That's in the movie. It's like part of the opening scene. I remember it being very controversial. It happened in real life. They did sacrifice their friend to Slenderman. And they... Well, she lived. She survived 14 knife wounds. Uh... Right, but they did stab her a fuckload of times. And Slenderman told them to do it. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna go with the ghoulies here. I feel like they 
Yep, yep. They're boneless gremlins, but uh, I don't have gremlins, so I kind of need the ghoulies. Um, I, I think they're a little less on the chaotic side. They seem to have a little bit more of a hive mind. Uh, you haven't seen ghoulies? I've seen ghoulies. No, I've seen ghoulies. Yeah, I was about to say, are we are we talking about critters? It's not a hive mind. Ghoulies are more chaotic than gremlins. Think about gremlins dialed up to 11. They, the gremlins launched an old woman off her stair chair out a window to her death. It's one of my favorite deaths. <laughs> but did they did they rip her flesh off of her body? Off camera. I suppose not, but I... <laughs> yeah. Don't they push a guy into a wood chipper too? Like, the gremlins are pretty blood, bloody, but I'm, I'm happy to have the ghoulies, and I'm glad that they are, according to some, a more formidable foe. I... I Yes. Ghoulies are definitely a more chaotic force. Okay, well, I'm happy to have them. Round 18, Josh. It's looking to be a little slim pickings here. I'm gonna go, uh... In every war, you need uh, transportation. I'm gonna go with Christine. Great pick. That took longer than I expected. I'm being honest. Who who on your team would drive Christine? Gonzo, 100%. Gonzo is driving Christine. <laughs> would be driving Christine, so I, I I I would go with that. Yeah, fair enough. Sakula, if you're gonna make a T-shirt, I want Gonzo driving Christine. Yo, did you see that multiverses game, the Universal Smash Bros. ripoff? They're putting Godzilla in the game as a playable fighter and he's scaled down to like the size of like Shaggy and Batman. <laughs> Wild. That movie looks great and also I love er, that show. That game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My brother in Christ, it is 2.38 p.m. Shut up. <laughs> I love how they acknowledge Shaggy's ultra instinct abilities. Yes, dude, Shaggy's gonna be cracked. Shaggy's gonna be a movie monster soon. Mike from the M2J2 project actually playtested it. I think Christine's a great choice, and uh, yeah, Gonzo driving her, that'll be sick. I'll make that shirt. I'll do it. On to you, Mikhail. Just out of who I perceive to be the most powerful of what we have left on the board. I'm, I'm between three. I, I'm going to go with Slenderman because he has the ability to turn friends against each other. Thank you. That was the other one I was looking at. Slenderman is underrated and extremely powerful. His movie sucked dog water. Yeah, but I have a question. What's that? Can Slenderman make Godzilla eat Mothra? Probably. He, he made a girl stab her friend. Yeah, but Godzilla is not a girl. Godzilla is a girl, you dumb fuck. No, Mothra's a girl. Godzilla's also a girl. Okay, uh, fact check that, because I won't. It, at least in the Heisei series, Godzilla is male. Um, I don't know about the first one, but I, I don't know if it's... In the American Godzilla, if we're going off of the, the 1998 one, it is an asexual female. I really hope we're not going off the 1998 film. Well, the the Matthew Broderick Godzilla it does appear in Godzilla Final Wars fighting like the Japanese Godzilla and gets gets pretty dispatched pretty easily. Which Godzilla like is like the really, really tall one that's like way the new one? The most powerful one is Shin. But what's the like the thick Godzilla? That's that's the current one. That's the second American one. Japan made a thicker one. No, they didn't. Mikhail, you did a video on it. Yes, Godzilla, I think it's Planet of the Mon- It was the anime, and Godzilla is just, like, absolutely ridiculous. Pig, there's a really funny picture of the scales, and he's like, yeah, the one all the way on the right. <laughs> Size of a motherfucking planet. Shin Godzilla is undoubtedly the most powerful. It's the scariest. Planet Eater Godzilla, I believe, is the is the name of the animated one. Absolute unit. It's my turn to make a pick here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know John said that like Jaws is like a round 20 pick or whatever, but I think Chucky kind of leading my army of little ghoulies could be a lot of fun. 
and just that thought would be would be kind of sick. He's also just like a depraved serial killer in the mind of a doll. I wanted to draft Chucky like round three. In terms of iconography, it's just a cool ass monster to have on my team. I mean, I guess we saw Chucky a little bit in Ready Player One in like a fight that would be to scale of something like this, but I'm gonna pretend that that didn't happen and I'm blocking it out of my memory as of now. Character, that was somebody playing Chucky as an avatar. Chucky, that wasn't Chucky. It was a VR chat mod. He is unkillable. You can't kill Chucky. He always comes back. Yeah, he'll plant his seeds and have offspring. And he's an LGBT ally. Chucky's two children are gender fluid. Hell yeah. I don't know if that makes him an ally. He's supportive. Chucky's the LGBTQ plus ally we all wanted. We've all only got two monsters left. Round 19. Round 19. Let's get it, Josh. Bottom of the barrel. I just want him on my team because he's fucking iconic. Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein, dude. A nice little Byronic hero. He's definitely not a full villain. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy at the end of the day when it comes to... Uh, him and E.T. are the heart of my... Yeah, exactly. That's so cute. <laughs> they kiss. <laughs> I'm torn between two. No, I'm going to go with Samara. Yeah, there you go. Samara from the ring. So that's that's an ability I can count on. We can get her into the individual rooms of the Overlook, if, assuming they have televisions. Yeah, they do, because Danny's watching Sesame Street in the movie. And, like, no way Lou Bloom is not going to put that videotape in. So he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna want to watch it. it his, his ego's too big. You know he's going to. He's going to he's gonna break his camcorder by putting the tape in his camera to watch the playback real quick, and then he's going to be shit out of luck with no camera. He's just going to be stuck stealing bicycles from Pennywise. <laughs> She's going to squeeze her way out of that little monitor. There's a couple here left that I find interesting. I think I'm going to go with... Mr. Hyde from Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He is a bit more of a beast than a man, but... Kind of like the Hulk, uh, he could probably science the shit out of stuff when he calms down. And, uh, you know, it's always good to have a brilliant doctor uh, on your team. Or Russell Crowe in The Mummy. <laughs> yeah, the dark universe, guys. It's five years old today. I'm so excited for Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man. Dude, he's been preparing for this for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hyde is like the definition of like going goblin mode. And I, I feel like, yeah, having some goblin mode on my team is, is really going to help. He's like a dark version of the Hulk. My final pick. Three picks left, one from each of us, and four monsters. So who's getting left on the table? This is one of my favorite elements of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what monster's getting left behind? You gotta be a special kind of a monster to kidnap Santa Claus. And I want and I want good music. Oogie Boogie from A Nightmare Before Christmas. Heck yeah, dude. He's like the official like monster of, of sports betting when like he takes Jack to the roulette wheel and shit. Like <laughs> 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 Why haven't the casinos doing the apps like have have an Oogie Boogie commercial yet? <laughs> you just have Larry David on crypto ads. Every crypto.com ads have gotten worse and worse. The crypto has gotten worse and worse. Like it started with that Matt Damon uh, commercial that looks like an Xbox commercial. Does look like an Xbox commercial. I was expecting Microsoft or Xbox that whole time. The LeBron one was really bad. And now we have Larry David. I'm so torn. You're drafting Larry David? Yeah, I would. 
If Larry David was available in this pool, no question. I'm seeing something here. I, I mean, obviously I can screw Nate over. No, you can't. I want all three of these monsters. I don't know what you think I'm stuck with, but I want all three of these on my team. I just only have room for one more. Well, I, I, I'm considering taking the grudge because I can just take away the ability for you to counteract uh, Samara, but I could also counteract Josh with Nosferatu, who is also a child kidnapper. And it's basically Morbius, but better. It's not Morbius, but better. Morbius is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Nosferatu and Dracula mixed into one person that's also an edgelord superhero. And and Morbius did come first. Yeah, Morbius has been around since the beginning. Morbius is a biblical tale. <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> he influenced so many monsters like, like uh, Dracula. The multiverse is open. I'm going to go with Nosferatu. Nosferatu? What if instead of Edward and Twilight, it was just Dr. Michael Morbius? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, you have a you have a choice here, and this choice is, is, is very important. So go ahead. Is it? Is it important? Yes, it is. One of these choices is not great, and one of the other... The other one is mildly better. Yeah, okay, I do agree with that. Sloth is that special needs representation. Uh, hang on, look at my, look at, let's look at my team. Let's see what I need. Mike Wazowski was drafted so high. Uh, yeah, it's between uh, Kayahoka Sake from The Grudge or Sloth from The Goonies. As much as I love Sloth and as much as he did scare me at the beginning of Goonies when I was a little kid, he's just a friend with the heart of gold. As long as you give him a baby Ruth, he'll pull through for you in the end. And I think that that loyalty is something that's missing on a lot of these monster teams here. I think a lot, there'd be a lot of turning one against another. Um, but for pure horror and strength alone, I think I'm going to go with the grudge here. I think it's a little bit spookier, a little bit scarier. You know, if my team were to have one more spot or maybe, um, you know, like the, the water boy for my team, I would love to have Sloth there. We actually, Alden and I did argue about having the, the horse from water boy. Water horse? We, I remember we were talking about that. We were like, you were, you were insistent that it was going to be here. And I, I, I was like, no, fuck no, absolutely not. Well, I forgot honestly, but the water horse is definitely a pick that should have been on here. I disagree. I, I, I... What other movie monster on this list was from a movie based on a true story? Uh, it follows. That happened to my friend once. And unfortunately, Slender Man. I mean, Godzilla uh, happens in Japan like every month. I, don't you read the news? Yeah. No, I can't read. So now's the time in the show where Josh, McHale, and I's uh, lists have been solidified and it is up to our hosts, Alden and John Sekula, to uh, narrow it down here and see who is the best uh, pool, the best monster mash, so to speak. Myself, I'm currently leaning towards Josh's list. Uh, I think that he's got the most powerful people going on. I think that Mikhail is a close second. I'm sorry, Nate, but I'm, I'm really not, like, I don't think that your, your guys are standing at much of a chance. <laughs> I feel offended. Uh, you were bitching that there were two people that haven't been selected yet, and I grabbed both of them. So I think you You're need right. to watch your tone here, mister. I've got Dr. fucking Michael Morbius. <laughs> Nate has Dr. Michael Morbius, King Goobot the fifth. You were picking the people that I wanted to get picked uh, in round 11, and instead they got picked later. So cool. It was I the list that you thought it was like running away with it. Yeah, I currently I, I think that 
I mean, it, it, you know, without Alden's input, which he will give very shortly, uh, I think that you've got currently some of the most powerful people. I do think Nate has some heavy hitters. He's got a chance. I think Nate and Mikhail are neck and neck, but I think that right now you... You just said I was neck and neck with Josh. What the fuck? We have three necks. We are Cerebus. Mikhail and Nate are neck and neck. I think that Nate, uh, or I think that Mikhail has the edge over Nate. Uh, but I don't know. Nate's got some good guys. He's got the Blob, Michael Morbius, you know? You got uh, 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 It from It Follows. All you gotta do is fuck Godzilla. Game over. All of our top threes are really good, but I feel like I got the kaiju, the fighter, and the mental awareness in my first three. I feel like that's the t- best top three I've ever drafted. Mikhail also has a kaiju, a fighter, and then a mental The top opponent. three from all of them is really solid. Yeah, but can you guys pull a pit bull and take anyone to the hotel motel Holiday Inn? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's it's below the top three that we actually have to discuss because the top three, I feel like, for all of them, are all pretty evenly matched. After that, it's a little uh, it's a little iffy. Since I am considering this as a war, there's a lot of non-team players. I don't think Godzilla would really listen to orders at all. However, Godzilla is the king of monsters, so he'd be the one giving orders. I think Bob's a team player. Bob is a team player and indestructible. Mothra is pretty destructible canonically. I, 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 you know, I know we all like Mothra. Canonically, Mothra gets her shit fucked up all the time. Yeah, but she's a healer, not a fighter. But the the reason why I drafted Mothra, though, is to kind of make Godzilla unstoppable because Mothra could just bring Godzilla back to life whenever she wants. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. You also have um, E.T., and E.T. pretty much makes everybody on your team indestructible because if they die, E.T. is just like... Yeah, he's also a healer. He is a healer, but don't they have to be spiritually linked, like the relationship he has with Elliot? You're saying that there's enough bonding time in this whole war for him to be down in the trenches with... It's years of war. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me that this is a war and that they're not going to have time to spiritually link? I mean, you're only talking 19 creatures slash people. 19 people don't have time? to spiritually link and and only some of them actually have to do that well some some of these are are armies uh, yeah some of these are armies oh, we're talking about the main player nate did you spiritually link with 19 people at college <laughs> i definitely did yeah i i carried at least 19 people to graduation yes <laughs> for sure for sure like a good neighbor nate martin is there three of them are here I could have I could have saved more. I'm the Oscar Schindler of uh, Full Sail. <laughs> <laughs> and Nate, Nate's list is now looking pretty tasty to me. Alden, do we need to go about like selecting out of the three for each one the best selection, going head to head and creating a point system here, or do you think uh, you think you guys are going to be able to discuss this one out? I don't think we're going to be able to discuss this one out, but I feel like we could make a few more points. Let the points be made. Uh, Do you have any questions for our teams? I might in a minute. I think Dormammu is an underrated pick. I think Dormammu is an overrated pick. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
I think he's underrated. I think he's more powerful than we give him credit for. He was defeated by only the power of time itself. That's the only thing that he was defeated by. He wasn't defeated by any Avengers. He wasn't defeated by... He was defeated because... He was defeated because he got annoyed. Think about how long he was in that time loop for. That's pretty much how our most recent war ended. Based. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that well see the problem is dormammu is at, at round nine with bob who dormammu could not destroy so he would still get annoyed and get defeated without any actual physical effort from bob wait are we pairing up no are we basing this on like rounds not yet because like if we're going round to round then like i think that this is a different discussion if we're going round to round it's going to be a much closer battle than what i currently think it is i mean it's kind of both yeah i think that josh is the definitive winner but we can we can do the round to round thing if you guys want to no we just both pick josh it's josh acknowledge me nate had all of my favorite picks that's fair but since i am judging this in a war sense i think josh has it a building a dog okay josh has a building too what's the point his building moves and eats people i also have hal i'll just hack that hotel i don't think that the overlook hotel has ring enabled yet i don't think they've set up the the tech a lot of my choices were made like the gremlins were made to directly counteract hal because they can't interfere with technology and they, they can they can fuck shit they can get inside Hal and just like rip his cords apart and shit like a hamster. I feel I feel like I feel like round to round would be the best option to go with here because there were a lot of counteractions. No, they already they already made it final. It's already over. <sighs> Mikhail, I punted Nate's head and that or no, I punted yeah I punted Nate's head and then pinned you and I retained my WWE championship just like Randy Orton. After John Cena came back and won the Royal Rumble, surprised everybody. You surprised everyone and came back to this podcast. Well, Josh, after our Build a Jedi episode, you did say that the next draft battle would be whoever won today versus Pilot in something. In something. What is that something? <laughs> Can I make a request? Sure. It's not character-based. It's it's movie-based, but I'm going to say international films. Josh will fall. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to, like, wrestle Pilot in, like, his home country, and I'm going to get, like, booed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the Montreal screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking because Pilot's a big sci-fi guy, we could do sci-fi characters. We haven't done sci-fi talks since our sci-fi bracket. I think that would be fun. I know Pilot's also a Trekkie. That could be a fun draft. That could be a fun pool. This kind of sounds disputed to me. Yeah, while the Electoral College is still counting votes because there's a lot of mail-ins, uh, we want to thank uh, Mikhail joining us from M2J2. What else you got going on? You said there's, sli there's slime something? I I'm, I'm here for that. I'm dropping a short film. Yes, it's called Slime Pays. It's a short film. The, the concept album uh, soundtrack, which my friend Kid Bear did, is already out on Spotify, and the movie is going to be out by the end of the year. It's I'm very excited for everybody to see it. Uh, it's... It is what I can say about it is I can't speak to the objective quality of the movie. It's the most me thing I have ever created, and I'm so excited for people to see it. But it's called Slime Pays. Follow me, MTJ2 Project, on 
YouTube for more information on that. I also have a lot of uh, my podcast coming up too. We, we can't wait. You know, you know us here at Duel are big stands for everything M2J2, and the fact that you're releasing the most organically you content, I'm scared and aroused. Thank you. Those are the two feelings I'm trying to evoke here, so I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, that does it for today's episode of Duel the Takes. I'm, I'm going to leak this result. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, it's an inside job. Hungover Josh beat us all. I still think if it was done how how I imagined it, Josh would have uh, Josh would have won. I'm gonna need to start like a heel faction, like the Bloodline, if this keeps going. <laughs>